T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. that deal together for Brady and Gronk to come to the Raiders and it was almost a done deal and at the last minute Gruden blew the deal up and said that he didn't want him and whoa all whoa. hell broke loose man it, it was crazy and, and and Brady was already looking at houses and it wasn't being said yet that Gronk was coming so Las Vegas would have had Brady and Gronk the year that the Bucs won the Super Bowl, except Gruden blew the deal up. Second hour of late night, WEEI with KJ. Thank you so much for hanging out. That's UFC President Dana White on the Gronk cast retelling a story about how he was involved in trying to make a deal for Brady and for Gronk to get to the Raiders in 2020. I'll get to my thoughts on Brady and Gronk in that story in a second. But here's why I, why it didn't happen, and I can tell you right now, because there's a key name in here that I think people are, are glossing over, and that's John Gruden, right? Because look what John Gruden's life became within two years. And so there was going to be no way that Gruden was still going to be there having Brady come in there and Gronk, knowing that this other stuff is floating, going on during this NFL investigation of the former franchise known as the Redskins. So you might think the old Gruden didn't want him because of the tuck. No, trust me. If he's supposed to be some quarterback guru and someone says you want the greatest quarterback of all time, you don't say no because I because the refs got it wrong. I think there was just too much stuff blowing in the wind with the franchise, with Gruden, with the relationship. They're still on their way trying to get out of Oakland. You know, so... Yeah, plus, again, that's the year that Mark Davis decided that there were going to be no fans in the stadium. So you you think Brady and Gronk would want to go and play in front of nobodies? In a brand-new stadium, too. I think that was the first year that they were going to play in it. Look, it may sound great. It may sound weird. It may sound, ooh, but I think it feeds to the bigger narrative. And now I'm about to jump on Brady and Gronk. I'll start with Gronk first. Remember Gronk and his crying and his tears and his pro wrestling and the TV he was doing and, and the CBD he was. I was like, I hope your product don't make you cry. I, I would want it to either make me feel good or hungry. But, you know, all that stuff that was going on, which was really his cry to get out of here, and Belichick finally gave him his, his yeah, a six-rounder, just go. Just go. So that's already happening. It takes me back to the TV commercial involving, well, I won't say the brain because they may have a, 
an account here, but a well-known brand has the Gronk and Brady commercial for a cell phone, and they had to cut out a portion of it because the piece that was said in it almost seemed like they were joking about tampering. And now to Brady. Doesn't this just fit the whole narrative? NFL concludes that in 2019, while still a contracted player for the New England Patriots, was having direct conversations with the Miami Dolphins and its ownership. And then a second time, they found out that both Brady and his agent, so that means Brady, two times, having direct conversations with the Miami Dolphins while under contract with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Oh, so why would this Vegas story be any surprise? It's all in that that span of time. It's all within there. And so probably two weeks ago, Brady steps away from the Buccaneers. Buccaneers say it's not a personal matter. That's kind of a gray area. Rumors got out that, hey, maybe he went as part of his duties as an employee for Fox to go show up on the the Mass Singer. We discussed that yesterday on KJ and Dondero. I was really shocked that Mark did not know what the Mass Singer was. It's like you don't have to you don't have to watch something to not know what something is. Like I do turn my remotes to other things than sports. Yeah, yeah, you know, like I see a commercial for Mass Singer. I think it's a dumb show. I don't watch it, but I understand the premise. Someone's got a mask on. One of the girls from Pussycat Dolls decides if they know who you are. Same thing, the guy from The Hangover. Yeah, it doesn't really interest me, but I at least know what it is. I don't think it's a mask. This is these are like full fledged costumes that are kind of a little creepy, if you ask me. Yeah, but it's not called the full fledged costume singer. For for marketing purpose, you just call it the masked singer, right? It's not like Brady comes out in his skinny legs and his and his obvious stomach from you know from his draft photos, and you're like, that's Brady because I recognize this that stomach those stomach muscles. No, obviously it's gonna be a full costume, right? So they come out of mask and they sing. And you don't know if it's auto tuned or not. I don't even know why I've just got, I've just spent a minute and a half talking about the mass singer. But my point being is this: Brady and football weren't on the same page. And while I thought it to be very unfair to Todd Bowles, because if this was Bill Belichick, there's no way in hell he gets away with that. Now the later reports are saying that hey, him and Giselle had already had a promised vacation. He didn't want to break it. It was supposed to be family time. I thought that was I thought that could be a real piece of it. But my thing would have been like, okay, why not even show up to camp? Just go take the vacation first and then come. Why start camp, then stop, go on vacation, and then come back? Just 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 say you look, you'll be there for the last preseason game. And that's it. Everybody would get it. If you're not at camp, so what? You could say, like, look, Tom is not required to be here. It's an agreement that we had, and that's what it is. But he's the quarterback of this team. I don't think there would be a whole lot to sneeze at. But I think this kind of goes into the the new Brady narrative. Like, it's almost like a midlife crisis happening in our face. You don't know what a midlife crisis is because I know a lot of 21-year-olds. It's like once you hit about, like, I don't know, I haven't gone through one. But it's like supposedly, I guess, once you hit, like, 45 or 50, you start wondering why like women don't think you're as sexy as you used to be or uh, you want to be part of, you know, you suddenly want this fascinating sports car. You want to be able to flash some things to show that you're still counted for. Well, the trick to that is just have humor <laughs> and spend money at the right places. and You won't have a midlife crisis. But Brady, his is attention, right? I haven't retired. Okay, I retired. Okay, I've come back. And then Bruce Arians 
He's no longer the coach. He's moving upstairs. Was there a problem with Arians? Well, they say it isn't, but he's not the coach anymore. And now Todd Bowles, which is really good for Todd Bowles because most black coaches in the NFL, when they inherit a team, it's pretty much like, uh, yeah, I, uh, I found you a, a beach house in Oklahoma that you'll love. And if you can sh- show up with some water and create a beach around it, you got a beach home. Yeah, you, you're working with nothing. You're in the middle of nothing. You have no chance. That's not the case with Todd Bowles. Greatest quarterback of all time. You're two years removed from a Super Bowl. You're one play removed from going to a second Super Bowl. And now you just got to hear guys say, yeah, I'm going to be going for a couple weeks. And so there was a part of me that was like, okay, with these things that Goodell found out and revealed in the suspension of, uh, of, of, of Stephen Ross in Miami, the owner, is there some type of conversation going on with Brady and Goodell in the NFL about how to address twice, you hear this word precedent, twice, talking directly with teams where tampering usually involves the team talking to an agent. But in the report it says, no, Don Yee is mentioned separately. Brady talked twice while under contract with teams. That has to be addressed, and I think the NFL wants to keep that as quiet as possible. I'll tell you why. Next, 617-779-7937, text line 37937, KJ Late Night here on WEEI. Also, still to come, some of the NFL moves. We'll get to the Red Sox as well. But let's go ahead and trend with Joe. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. on what we're doing. I haven't really spent much time looking at what everybody else is doing. We have enough to handle right here. So unless it's something that directly involves us, and I really haven't been too, I'm sure I'm behind on a lot of things. Late night, W-E-E-I. KJ, thank you so much for being here. Remember, you can listen through your Alexa device. Say, hey, Alexa, play W-E-E-I Boston, and it will bring you here. That's Bill Belichick. On the Greg Hill Show this morning, part of Patriots Monday, on his thoughts on the Dana White comments about Tom Brady and Gronk and the move that Dana White tried to help pu- you know push to get Gronk and Brady out to the Raiders. And uh, just here within the last couple of minutes, I've been saying, like, look, I- I'm starting to wonder if Brady is kind of going through this kind of 
midlife crisis in our face of just wanting this type of attention, like winning another Super Bowl like wasn't enough because it happened so quick. It, it's all very interesting. 617-779-7937. Let's go to Chris in the car who has some thoughts on what Brady is going through right now. Chris, thanks for the call. Uh, thanks for taking my call, JJ. Uh, I think uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought that they'd said that Tom Brady had, when he came back with the, the Bucks, it, he it was in his contract to have these couple weeks off. Yeah, my thing is why not take him at the very beginning because I don't think anybody's going to have an issue with Brady missing the beginning of camp. Uh, you come in maybe if you think that you know you can you know what the offense is you're part you're pretty much part of the play calling that you come in you work well, out that last preseason game and you know you got a couple of weeks and then you get it. Why start camp and I, I then leave in the middle of it? Yeah, I heard that it was something about working with some new guys. You know, starting that you know the the pre training camp stuff that goes on. And then when it comes to preseason games, you know, they don't play in them anyways, those the starting quarterbacks for most, you know. Yeah, well, I think Brady – but it's not unusual to hear Brady being adverse to trying to do all this extra practice work. We've heard that in the past. He's not a fan of OTAs. Oh, of you know, right. So, so you know that he's going to have more control and power now. The issue that I would have is why start, leave in the middle of it, and then come back knowing there's going to be some type of conversation around it and maybe you know there is going to be some conversation around it, hence feeding into what looks like a midlife crisis you're going through. Just miss the beginning of camp. Say Brady's going to be here before the season starts. You'll see him briefly in a preseason game, and that answers every question. Brady can go around the world and take pictures. At least people know that he's not he's not there yet. Right. I, I have a problem with trying to start up a process, and in the middle of the process, you disappear because it was already preordained. You could have just done it on the front end. Chris, thanks for the call. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I just think we're just seeing like this midlife crisis play out with Brady in in real time. You know, even if it's in his contract, I'm sure you wouldn't want to say, "Yeah, I'm going to show up to camp and then suddenly disappear for a couple of weeks and then I'll be back." Oh, you know that's like that's like the person if you're working hours, you know, if you if you know how labor laws work. You get two 15s and one 30-minute break for every eight hours you work. There's how you get your one hour of lunch, right? So for those who work like retail, I've worked in a grocery store at one time. You know, you, you take a little 15-minute break. Hey, can I take my 15-minute break real quick, Joe? Yeah, take your 15-minute. But what Joe never wanted me to do, thats my that was my supervisor, is wait with me having 45 minutes left on my schedule to work to decide to then take my 30-minute break. No, I can I need you to take that 30-minute break within the first six hours you're here. You can't wait. Well, who, what law says I can't technically? Do? No. And when it comes to the productivity of what you're wanting to do, you can't leave 30 minutes early because I'm, I'm, I'm entitled to take my lunch break. It's all about continuity. And that's just what it feels like that's going on with Brady is, does he even care about the continuity of this team? I don't it think all, it's the same situation as Kyrie Irving, but you could draw comparisons to I would, those two. I, I wouldn't even put them in the same breath only because Tom Brady produces and gives you results. I'm not even going to go any I'm not even going to say anything more about Kyrie Irving. It's not even comparable. My thing with Brady is I don't have a problem with you missing extended periods of camp. It's just why start it up, disappear when you know all this talk is going to happen. It's going to be a distraction to the team. You know, you've got a you've got a new coach in. Well, granted, it's not his first time being a head coach in the NFL, but he's got his own questions to answer in terms of like, okay, 
Did Arians just give you this job? Were you brought in this job because there was an issue with Tom, you know, him and Tom and so forth and everything? While those things have probably dissipated, but with Brady gone, now all these other things get drudged up. Now, these are professionals. You may say, hey, they're paid to ignore these things. But if it's about continuity, because if you see what's happening now with the offensive line with the Bucks, they're losing continuity. And, and if Brady's not there, you can't even figure out, like, is there a lineman on the squad that could fill in? I don't know, at left guard, you know, that can help protect Tom. You know, he's got left side issues going on right now with that team. And you know if, if it's a you know if it's the mass singer and you obviously can't say anything. He did send out a tweet today. He said I wasn't on the mass singer, but I did wear a mask. And people really believe that that's Brady on the back of a motorcycle doing that wheelie. Like, dude, that's not him. <laughs> Just look at the body. That's 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 a Brady body from you know 2003. You know, <laughs> like and and it wasn't and it didn't look like that. So. And that's the that's what I'm saying in terms of just the attention seeking and desire, right? Like, okay, that tells me with that answer that you probably were on the mass singer. And for those who know how television work, if you tape something that has a reveal later on, there's sometimes a very hefty and large fine if you reveal the results before it happened. Years ago I was on the game show Weakest Link, and I think the fine for us was like four hundred thousand dollars if you revealed the results of the show that you were on before the show aired. So I'm sure with the mass singer, it's a lot more. You got celebrities up there, so you're going to up that number, and it's a it's a primetime show. Wait, I got to go back to The Weakest Link. That's one of my favorite shows. I, I didn't know you were on that one. Yeah, so there's, there was a regular version with the female, and then there was a daytime version with the guy, George. I forgot George's last name. Um, brother made it past the commercial break. <laughs> as long so, as you weren't the first one gone, that's a win. I was not the first one gone. I was like, you know what? They went to commercial, and when they come back, I'll still be up here. So uh, I want to say I made it to the, the final four on, on stage. I think it was like seven of us, and I was the fourth one eliminated. That's not bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. That's a long time ago, man. So, And then ironically, you know, when they do these junkets, when they come to town to town to promote that, you know, hey, the weakest link comes on at the daytime version comes on at four after Oprah or whatever. Um, he happened to come to town, and I run into him into like this famous restaurant out in Kansas City. We're like, hey, like, hey. I was like, I guess my episode is about to come on here pretty soon. So, uh, yes, I was on the weakest link back in 2001, two, somewhere in that area. But, yeah, those TV shows, you cannot reveal that you were on something. But by Brady saying, no, I wasn't on The Masked Singer, but where I was, I wore a mask. <sighs> Maybe you were there. And what does that say about your dedication to football if, well, granted, you have the convert. You have the contract with Fox. They're 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 still willing to pay you your money before you even sit in their booth. They're going to see if you can pull be pulled away from something. Well, you're not playing in a game. It's just practice. Can you come put on this dragon head real quick? You know, look like you look like you're in Imagine Dragons. You know, singing an Imagine Dragon song. Yeah, you know. Again, it would I would just lose. A little bit of respect for Tom, who I have a lot of respect for, and we're birthdays are a day apart, so we're a lot of like we're hard headed Leos. Ask your wife or your girlfriend if they're involved with a Leo or if you're a Leo yourself. The first thing I'll tell you is, you know, they think they know everything and they're hard headed, and they'll be the first one to tell you that they're great. And the answer is, we are great. But the hard headedness at the expense of a football team that has a legit shot to win another championship, or potentially dip off and go, you know, do this little hokey sing-along game show. Maybe I'll beat Gladys Knight this week. 
It just goes, I think it just feeds the narrative that Brady is going through a midlife crisis in our face. And there's kind of a tug and pull that's going on with him that he knows he can do football in his sleep. He can do that. He can be, a, a again, this guy is almost the author of not only of a 28-3 comeback, but a 27-3 comeback. He could do it in his sleep. And it's just unfortunate because, you know, when Dana White comes up with this story, it didn't surprise me at all. Because it all is in that in that guise of, you know, you were talking to Miami in 19, you got to the Bucks. I still say that's just fascinating. Like at a 30,000-foot at, at level, you're talking about wealth. All right, well, Brady's rich. Wealth is when you start talking about, like, you know, I'm going to go buy something for 40-something billion dollars, right? That's wealth. But Brady buys the house in Miami, but rents the house in Tampa to play football like, Huh? You know, you can always pawn that off. I was like, well, you know, Giselle and her modeling wants to be in Miami, and that's where we are, and I just fly back and forth, whatever. But now when this thing comes out, it's just like, oh, did you buy the house? They mentioned a house in Miami, and Miami and you were in a conversation. Dana White in this conversation says that Brady was out there looking at houses in Vegas. You know, the house may give you up, Tom, but, yeah, I, I, I'm just losing just a little bit piece by piece of my respect for Brady's dedication to this kind of image of like, look, he hadn't done anything wrong, right? Because now if you're Belichick, there's some things that you might have against Belichick in this Brady relationship that you might be like, well, if you're Belichick and you sniff the air and hear rumors that your quarterback, who you guys are are, are at odds, is talking to other teams, like, one, why would you have any comment about them? And two, why would you bring that person back? So, you know, as more of these stories start coming out about Brady and his conversations with other teams during these times where he's kind of already taken, he's already married to somebody else in some regard, it makes you wonder, like, okay, maybe Belichick wasn't going to bring back a player that I don't know was going to be actively talking to other teams while he was on that team. I wouldn't bring that player back either. I don't care who they are. That's just, you know, that's order of operations. I've got I've got 52 other guys in here that I that have to answer to me. Yeah, how, how am I going to be respected in my own locker room if they know that I'm doing nothing or saying nothing or or bringing back a guy where possibly everybody's heard he's been talking to other teams while he's here. That just takes a little weight of a little Brady away from me. KJ Late Night here on WEEI. Um, so something interesting happened um, here recently with Jason Tatum talking to Bleacher Report about what happened to him during the NBA playoffs. Can you play that for me, Joe? They, it showed that I had um, had a non-displaced fracture in my wrist. And it was like, it was small, but it was still but like... still, yeah. Like a, a non-displaced chip. So like I chipped a bone, but it didn't like leave the surface, right? Um, but it has shown that the bone that grew over it, so it healed, but it was still pain. I was still in pain because I kept getting a hit or falling on it. Uh, so, like, I guess I played with, like, somewhat of a fracture for, for like, two months. Um, wow. And then in the playoffs, there was a play against against Milwaukee in game three. Um, I dunked it. Giannis chased me down, and he fouled me, and I fell into, the, to the, um, to like, the crowd. And that was the most painful it's been since that day um, that I heard it. And I ended up getting a cortisone shot in my wrist um, that night. And you could see it. Uh, yeah, it's like much lighter. I've lost like yeah. 
color in my hand because it kills the fat cells and there's not a lot of fat in my hand. Yeah. So, like, I've lost color right there. But, you know, after each game, I would have to, like, wear a brace, you know, to shoot around. And I would take it off before the camera saw me. And then, you know, pregame, taking my nap, mm -hmm. but I have to put it back on, you know, just to make yeah. sure it was stable. So no one knew you were dealing with this injury besides, like, internally. Yeah, besides the team. Yeah. But it's like, in my mind, if, I, if I'm going out there to play, it's like nothing matters. You know, the reason why that was on a Bleacher Report and not with any persons in the media here in Boston or greater New England is because there have been follow-up questions. Follow-up questions. When you hear, oh, that, that, that's got to be tough. Do you know if that was a if that was a story that was publicly known that would have been on the front page of the globe during the playoffs? If he's saying and then getting into the playoffs, so there's a fracture going on when you get into the playoffs. Now again, he says Giannis chased him down in game three, but yet in game six, game seven, Tatum had the game of his life. Right? Because the whole narrative about Tatum was like Wow, the crescendo of his NBA playoffs were the last couple of games in the Milwaukee series. So what was the shoulder thing, the stinger? See, what Jason Tatum told you in so many words without saying these words is, I will never talk to the Boston media one-on-one. -on -one. Never. You mean to tell me there's, because I'm hearing... There's a slight fracture, but not enough to come to the surface. The surface of what? The epidermis or the, the actual skin? You know, like the underskin or the real? That's This is a major story. A major story. But again, what Tatum is hinting to you is that he doesn't trust a single soul. Whether they be in the opinionist field like myself or a direct writer like someone like a Shaughnessy. Because there would be the follow-up question. You've been getting cortisone shots how many times a game? At halftime? You take, why, why at shoot-around did you feel like you had to remove something that's going to protect your injury just because cameras are there? What, what would cameras have anything to do with you being able to maximize your performance or to address an injury? What, 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 what do cameras have to do with that? And this kind of goes to the narrative that I've been saying all along. One, I can understand your love for Kobe Bryant, but wearing anything Lakers on top of a Celtics uniform outfit just seems and screams weird. And I thought it was a subliminal message that if it didn't work out in that game, he's telling you where his heart is then didn't I just see LeBron maybe late last week tweet out that, hey, Jason Tatum's going to be playing in this the cross the, the crossover tournament. Yeah, he threw an alley-oop to LeBron. Yeah. Now, if there's a fractured hand that went through the playoffs, why would we be playing in the J crossover throwing down? This kind of takes me back to where I was a little bit critical of Jason Tatum after he did the J.J. Redick interview, whatever that was, where he was saying, you know, look, I scored 27 and 7 and it's for a game and, you know, 
I, I believe these are all NBA numbers and everything. I was just like, dude, stop whining, beat Giannis, get to the NBA Finals, you'll be all NBA. By my God, it all happened that way. In fact, it was a parody song. I think it was shame on Jason Tatum for crying about the same Jason Tatum to the Wu-Tang Clan. I'm not asking you to play it. It just exists. The tapes are here. That Tatum is really in his bag over his emotions about the media of Boston. Jalen Brown, you could tell, and and Jalen Brown has kind of been a little less coy about his displeasure. I get it, but I've always been saying, It's just a couple buttons away from pushing these guys out of town in a league where players say, I want to go. I mean, Ben Simmons still has not not dribbled a basketball in two years and was able to get out of a place for not taking a shot, like literally not doing his job. I know the whole narrative. There's an overarching thing. I, I, I get it, but I'm just talking about on the court. Dudes under the basket doesn't take a shot. I don't care if you're Dennis Rodman, you do the layup drill. Doesn't do that. Says he can't play with the team because of the fans. Gets out of that place, doesn't even play for the other place he's been to, and no one knows if he's even going to play. That's the extreme. But I do hear some of these pieces coming from Jason Tatum as, you know, like, you know, I'd get in cortisone shots and I would hide, you know, the little rip thing from the from the from the press. What's wrong with asking about an injury? It's not like you were out riding bikes. It's not it's not like you were doing DMX Rough Riders videos and you know doing wheelies in the street and someone caught it on video and you fractured your hand, that's when the media goes after you. If you're hurt in a play and your hand is fractured, it's like with Chris Sale in his, in his, in his, in his fractured pinky and when he took that line shot. I was like, Chris Sale, don't even waste your breath saying that you're coming back this year. Don't try to appease anybody. Just be honest. That's why I think the Chris Sale falling off the bike riding through Boston College, it just seems very weird of a story. But... I think some of these players are kind of like, they clench up, get constipated when it comes to, oh my God, I got to deal with Boston media. Do you think also Tatum is like kind of giving excuses for himself as to why they didn't win the NBA finals and he didn't play that well? No, I think it's in response to how loud people were. Uh, I'll give you a great example. I mean, Don Darrow and I sat there and screamed and screamed. I said, well, look. If Jason Tatum can win you an NBA Finals game by only scoring 12 points and 13 assists, why could that not be a formula to win? We don't if he does if he scores 50 and they lose, the 50 doesn't matter. It's about getting others involved. So, in a way, I was kind of of a homer for for Jason Tatum in terms of like, look, it's about winning four games, not winning posters. And I mean, look, the the, the most famous poster of Michael Jordan dunking is not in a game. <laughs> it's during the dunk contest, right? So I don't care about the photos. I don't care about the glitz and glamour. Did you win four games? And Tatum would end up going, score more points in every other game that they won. Well, every game that they won, the other one they lost, won, and the four that they lost. He scored more than he did in that first game. But you can't tell me he wasn't more effective in the series than in game one than any other game. So I understand some of it, and these guys are young, right? The I think the element of going through three years of college, uh, this is where it can help in terms of the social. Social media is something totally different that, you know, players are just starting to learn what to deal with. Imagine if social media is what it is now when Charles Barkley was when doing what he was doing. I mean, my goodness, if you thought Pac-Man Jones was an issue, 
And Charles Barkley would be nowhere near what he is now. So social media plays a lot into that. But also saying, I'm going to go to Bleacher Report. Bleacher Report's probably like, you know, look, hey, this is an exclusive. It's going to give us some of the news cycle for the day. Uh, Look, I'm raised in this. I started in local television news in my career. For a lot of these sites, it's about getting the hits for the day. It's like, it's been a slow August. You know, how many times can we say that the Yankees are bad? Tatum wants to talk. And here is his softball questions. It's like playing a beer league softball. Why are you throwing a slider in beer league softball? The whole idea is hit the ball, see how many people can get around and finish the keg first. But when it comes to just straight up Boston media and wanting to see, you know, can you give us a little more insight into why you seem to have disappeared throughout the entire NBA Finals and and Game 7 of the, the Heat series? <laughs> Simple question. Now, if you say, I actually had a fractured hand, do you think people are going to scream and say, oh, well, then you shouldn't have been out there? Yeah, you want Grant Williams time? No, the no. So part of it is, you shouldn't be as scared of something that barks loudly because we all bark loudly. Very few have a bite. Very few. I only have somewhat of a bite because, well, I have canine teeth and I have a presence in the market that exists before here. So I know what a bite looks like. A woman will tell you this. Your girlfriend, your mom has probably told you. The cover-up is worse than the lie. Right? Because what Jason Tatum is pretty much doing is the cover-up. If you if you came out and said, hey, I'm dealing with a fracture in my hand, or this was, or it slowly leaked on the report, you know, like Jason Tatum is questionable, um, questionable with some with you know with some movement issues. You may ask some questions, but you don't have to say, I have a fractured hand, and just everybody's fouling you as hard as I don't know what. But if you're saying here, according to what you said on Bleacher Report, Jason Tatum is saying that there is a almost of a micro fracture that didn't not quite make the skin, but didn't diffuse to make it like a full crack. Like, is it a is it a half crack? Is it a quarter crack? An eighth crack? I, I, you know, better to say that than to come back with this cover up because now it sounds like, oh, this is your excuse for your failures in the NBA Finals. And you're saying that it really got worse in game three against Giannis when everybody points to game six and seven as your best games against Giannis. So literally three games after it was the worst, your game got better. That's why the cover-up is worse than the actual soft telling of the truth. All right, we'll talk a little bit of Red Sox before we get out of here. It's KJ Late Night here on WEEI. Thank you so much for hanging out. it when the Red Sox are in a position to win games that they don't necessarily look like they're going to win. And all this season has been not only are they losing games that they should win, they're losing games worse than they should lose them. And to put it in perspective, 
last week, and some people thought I was crazy, I said, look, just because the math of baseball is fascinating, you have to account for what is and what isn't. And so I said, going into that Pirates series, the Red Sox needed to sweep both the Pirates and the Orioles to be back in the conversation for the wild card. Some people were like, no, did you win? And that, no. These next six games, they need to win all six of them. And if you want your proof, here it is. The Sox are 60 and 62, and there are six games out of the wild card standings. In those last six games, they only won three of them. So what happens if they had won those three games? Well, they would have 63 wins, and Baltimore would have 61. Minnesota has 62 now, and Cleveland has 64. That means the Red Sox, just if they had swept both of those series, they would be two and a half to one and a half games out of the last wild card spot ahead of Minnesota and a three-game set against Minnesota down the road. Now, six games out with Toronto and Tampa coming into town, they're five games clear. So it can get worse. And worse. But the shiny, bright thing around that is tomorrow, starting at 6 a.m., is our annual, along with Nesson's, Jimmy Fun Telethon. And I hope we hit $5 million this year. I'm going to just tell you right now, I just lost my brother, brother-in-law to cancer yesterday. This thing sucks. And what Children's Hospital does and, and, and Dana-Farber and what they do for families and for their patients. Let's get to $5 million. I just lost a family member to cancer yesterday. So, wrapped in these games with Toronto and Tampa, something very important with the Jimmy Fund starting at 6 a.m. here on WEI. Back to the Red Sox. So, as hard as I was and have been on Bloom, I'm not saying that I'm letting the foot off of the gas. I, I don't have that New England sensibility of like, not only do I hope they burn, but I hope they die in hell. You know, I'm not Samuel Jackson like that. It's like, I hope they burn and realize that they're charred, right? And so with Heim Bloom, I think he's learned that lesson of, okay, I need to be better and smarter about the pitching because if you're going to give me saying, hey, you know, well, look at the payroll and look what they're not doing, I say credit the agent with those payroll numbers, not so much management because management still got to say yes or no. So if Trevor's story can say, I won $160 million, and you say, okay, yes, and the player gets injured, injured, you you still pay that money. So, yes, the pitching needs to be addressed. I think if, if you're going to load up on arms, I would rather load up on arms that can give you four innings each and maybe just a handful of closers, right? If, if that's the way you're going to go, then start thinking about the guys who can eat up innings and keep games low. So the Michael Waka transaction that that looks beautiful right now because at least Michael Walker could keep at least he could keep the game to three runs in the late innings because if the Sox have to score more than five runs a game they've only won three of them this month out of 25 possible games played you score five runs they've only won three of them they give up four runs they've won like they score less than four runs they've won like 11 of them so the idea is you need to keep people to keep the score low. And what we've been seeing for the last year and some change now is that 
when the bullpen's coming in, that number's going up. The Red Sox blew their chance to get back into the wild card race by not sweeping the Pirates, and that was really close, and it just felt like the entire air just went out of the whole hopes with that that line drive, that, that liner down the line pass Raphael Devers in the Little League game, which I thought Friday was actually the Little League game. That score, you know, <laughs> mercy rule, mercy rule. But look, if you thought that Baltimore was a team that, and yeah, yeah, they'll come back. Well, there was the chance to sweep them to show that you're going to be bringing them back. And with the Pirates, I mean, I mean, come on, my goodness. That's pretty much a layup. You're talking about a 45-win team at the time. And if you're supposed to be 15 games better, maybe even more, you should handle that three in a row. So there was the one window that I thought the Red Sox had to redeem themselves because if you said, hey, Right now, after the Pittsburgh series and the Baltimore series, the Sox are only a game and a half out of the final wild card spot. Now you're talking about you're within two games of Tampa and Toronto, and you've got them coming to town. And now them coming to town, now you're like, hey, we might have something here. This Red Sox team easily should have 70 wins. Easily should have 70 wins at this point. But they don't. And they didn't sweep two teams they should have. And Heim, I don't want you to die and burn in hell, but you're mighty crispy right now with some of the things you haven't done in a year and a half. KJ Late Night, WEEI. Remember, Jimmy Fun Telethon starts at 6 a.m. Greg Hill Show tomorrow morning. All-star guests throughout. Let's get to $5 million. Let's Let's really make that statement. I'd love to see it get over $5 million. And uh, whatever you can do all adds to the entire total. And remember on Twitter, at WEEI, at KJ Carson. Have a great Monday night. See ya! T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.